you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is an iTunes juggernaut. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, now. This is, of course, the Sunday flagship program, often imitated, increasingly imitated. To a disturbing degree, I would say. Uh, but never duplicated, uh, presented, of course, by Head and Shoulders. Uh, week 7, Sunday, uh, in the books. Um, you know, what, what are we going to say? Was it the best week of football? No, not the best week of football. But what were you doing on your Sunday? What, was, what, was, what did you miss? While you were sitting on the couch for nine hours. I mean, what would it even mean to have a great Sunday of football if you didn't have some lesser Sundays to compare them to? Well, let's think about that. That's one way to put that. Beautiful I, way to look at it, Greg. You know, sometimes I accuse you of carrying the water for Oh, the please. But in this case, <laughs> I think you've really distilled it in a wonderful way. He nailed us with a deep logic argument that we cannot really... He's correct. And perhaps the little pep in Greg's step is because the mm. old New England Patriots defensive crisis. Oh, how are they going to figure it out? They're the worst, worst defense, defense ever. Uh, that feels like it's a disappearing narrative. Yeah. And if once that narrative disappears... So, too, does the season in terms oh, of intrigue. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take out your Jets and Yankees. Actually, that was another very strong, another very strong logical argument this time by Dan. <laughs> yeah, it was, a tough, it was a tough, tough sports weekend for the old Zeuser, but I'm a professional. I will keep plowing through. Well, I'm semi-professional. Uh, we have a lot of games to get to because it's a different type of week and it's a rematch of Super Bowl 51. We're actually going to start with Sunday Night Football. Brady with short motion by Amendola takes the snap, backs up, he pumps right, he looks back toward White, yeah. middle of the end zone, diving for a touchdown, Patriots! 
That's uh, Bob Soshi of WBZ with the call. A ho-hum call for a ho-hum game on Sunday night. The New England Patriots, from start to finish, were the better team. There were no dramatics needed in the fourth quarter this time around. It was a 17-point second quarter that ended 23-7. to The Patriots' defense is getting healthy. And the Atlanta Falcons, Mark Sessler, offense is a mess. In fact, they didn't score until late in the first quarter. It was their first points in 91 minutes and 30 seconds of game time. And that has to be a big concern. You have to worry, worry, wonder about hot butts with their offense coordinator, the Sark. Well, and, you know, Dan, you've been on this train that... All right. I'll play along with you. Atlanta's <laughs> offense has not been, you know, not been what people expected, and it's not just an aberration. Two weeks ago when they scored, three weeks ago when they scored 17 points, or last week when they scored 17 points tonight, totally flat against New England tonight. And it was such a joy to watch this game with Greg as he was watching New England's troubles evaporate. To the, <laughs> by the end of the contest, he was raising his fist, pumping over James Devlin, the Patriots' fullback, having the game of his life. Yeah. It was a Sunday <laughs> game joy. Of his life. Instant replay. Greg, light on his toes. Oh, wow. Look at the holes there. James Devlin, he's on the field a lot. What a great night this has been. Again, you're taking out your sports bitterness <laughs> on me. Don't be angry that the Patriots' running game, which is something I've been wanting to see, this season. It's nice to that they're closing out the game. They ran for 162 yards. Here comes a cherub flying over, <laughs> dropping a grape into Greg's mouth. Combing Greg's hair. A tiny angel baby plucking the harp. Whether... <laughs> Putting lotion over Greg's naked back. And you make skin. it sound like a, a football that, team. That's the little baby, too. Here's a newsflash. If, if your football teams <laughs> ever have great success for an extended period of time, it's not going to solve everything in the rest of your life. There won't be angels, you know, dropping. I don't buy it. I'd mouth. be willing to test that theory. <laughs> but too. You know. Me too. I totally, yes. James Devlin had a great game. What a flat performance by the Falcons. How yeah. disappointing this was, honestly. It they, was, I mean, they, they were in the mix. They're in the red zone, and they, you know, they go for a fourth and seven. Failure. They go for a fourth and seven early, showing some onions, and they get it. And then they, you get a field goal blocked early. You miss a chip shot. You're at the one yard line at one point, and you call two, you know, kind of crazy plays: a pass play, and then a play on a you know a swing where there's no one even in the backfield like run the ball straight ahead well let me ask you this because then mother nature stepped in and by the time we got to the second half a dense fog had covered the field literally the the only thing interesting in the game it was because because the the nbc broadcast crew couldn't even see it they had to use a bizarre overhead camera which i thought was quite great but didn't that affect what atlanta could even think about doing in the second half or could they they could see the field better from down there we're not going to make excuses for the falcons i mean at that point i'm not an excuse i've heard a lot of changed the game a little bit. It was 17 nothing at halftime, though. And, you know, they missed a, a short field goal. They doinked it after halftime. That's on Atlanta. And Tom Brady hit a couple of nice throws even late to help cement it in, in the fog. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it matters. It's really crazy, though. I think if you're a Falcons team mentally, they say, oh, okay, last season's over, all that. Yeah, that's nice. You just blew a 17-point lead at home, and then you you gave up essentially 54 straight points to, the, to I, the Patriots, 31 in the Super Bowl, and then 23 here. To show up in this big spot in a, in a game you know both teams, it meant a lot. I think it meant a lot to these teams. It had Greg juiced up for once as a fan, and you yeah. don't feel much anymore, so That's I can tell true. that means a lot. You say it yourself, but again, the Falcons started out 3-0. It was a paper 3-0, and 
and now they've lost three in a row, and I think this is closer to the Falcons team uh, than the team in the first three weeks. I don't think this is a very good team. I think the offense is a mess. I think that offense coordinator could be in serious trouble, by the way, to go that long without scoring when you have the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, all those pieces, Taylor Gabriel. That you hear that? Oh, no. That's Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, no. And sometimes... I thought we killed, thought we killed this thing. And I'll <laughs> tell you what. Well, his butt's going to be killed. It's going to be roasted by this. You know what happens sometimes, and we saw it with Bill Lazor, when they get rid of the coordinator, the offense gets a spark. And I'm wondering if behind the scenes, that's what Atlanta's thinking right now as they look at a season that could be slipping away right now. Well, and I look at New England. That who do they go to, by the way? Well, that's the thing that you, I mean, you have to have someone in place. Get Bill Lazor. This is your plan. No, you can't. Get Lazor. Get Lazor on Bill the phone. Laser. I want Can Bill Lazor in Atlanta. Patriots, meanwhile, allowing ten points per game basically over the last three games. So. You can keep saying there's issues there, but I think that they talked all along about, especially in the secondary, communication being a big part, that there was a shift and they played very well from well, there. One theme I've said is that mid-October, your team doesn't matter that much. You just need to stack some wins as you're figuring things out. The Patriots are a great example of that. And now they're doing that. Their defense, while I think it's short on talent and that's going to come to haunt them, they're doing Patriots things, which the last three weeks, they're giving up tons of yards. I mean, even in this game, 340 yards, but they're not giving up points. They're playing really good in the red zone. They're making situational plays. They're playing smart, Danny boy. Well, and anybody that talked <laughs> themselves into the Patriots being uh, in a major crisis, all it took them was about three weeks to figure this defense out. And now you have another Patriots team that looks loaded and they're playing in a watered-down NFL. And look out, because here comes 13-3 and three once more. Oh, stop. Let's move on. Back is Ben with plenty of time. Now they close on him, and this pass is caught, and that's a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster, his third of his rookie season, and it covers 31 yards. Ben to Juju. Bill Hillgrove of WDVE with the call. Ben Roethlisberger, yes, connected with uh, his friend Juju. Two touchdowns total, 224 yards. Le'Veon Bell, again, a monster, a touch monster. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, 192 total yards. And Pittsburgh's defense dominated the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, especially in the last two quarters. A 29-14 win uh, on Sunday. as I said, at Heinz Field, Greg, this was a good, great opportunity for Cincinnati to continue to dig themselves out of that hole, that 0-3 hole. But Pittsburgh's defense once again answered the bell, and, and you have to be excited if you're a Steelers fan. You see Big Ben getting it together, and you see that defense really playing well. you, you got to be expi- excited, and you got to watch out for those touch monster Halloween outfits that are going <laughs> to be pot- popping up in Halloween. That's got to be his new in nickname, Pittsburgh. right? He's the touch monster. The Bengals, Run it by him. Run it up the chain. Bengals don't allow your children to wear those costumes, please. Bengals offense comes out of the break and off of their bye, and it's you know 14-14 early in this game. It looks like it's going to be an offensive battle, which really surprised everyone. And then after halftime, the Steelers' defense held the Bengals to 19 yards. That's for the whole team, for the whole half. Just uh, as dominant a 30 minutes of effort from a defense against what had been a, a good-looking offense in the first half of this game, as we've seen all year, I, yeah, I think at one point, you know, Dalton had more interceptions and more sacks taken in the second half than he had completions. So it was just a, another sign that they can win games in different when, sorts of ways. When the game was 26-14, I believe, and the, and the Bengals still had a pulse, Cincinnati got the ball around midfield, incomplete pass, 
sack, sack, and then it's fourth and 34. And uh, that just, that kind of, that series summed up what Pittsburgh was able to do, Mark. It has been the AFC North for years and years, one of the divisions you could count on to produce two, if not three, playoff teams. This division no longer can offer that because the most consistent thing we're seeing now week to week is Pittsburgh's defense. And it's been going on for a month plus. And every other team in this division has major issues. And the Bengals were not... They, I, I'm not totally surprised by what happened today because the Bengals are a week to week proposition that don't have it. And Big Ben really, I think, is getting there now. Uh, his stat line won't jump out at you. He actually threw two touchdowns uh, early in the game. Uh, should have had a third. Vance McDonald had a, a pretty bad drop in the end zone. Uh, but if you look at it, Greg, and we're trying to figure out and what's a really unsettled NFL right now, who are the teams that we think are going to be up there at the end of the season uh, fighting for that number one seed, the Patriots who've gotten a number one seed for, what, six years in a row? However, however many years. By at least. Yeah, By at least. Um, the Steelers, if Big Ben gets it together, Le'Veon Bell, it looks just as good as ever. The defense looks great right now. You have to be feeling great about the Steelers. Yeah, they, you know, people were getting on them for starting the season slow, and they're 5-2. and two. They're in great spot, and they know who they are. They're giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell, I would say, too much. 35 carries a week. Too much. Can't hold. But now... When you have a defense that's missing Stephon Tuitt and doesn't get a huge game out of Hayward, and yet other guys step up like T.J. Watt or Bud Dupree has a big game or, or Sean Davis who made some fantastic plays, a young safety. It's like just different guys stepping up each week. That's a team that you can expect to be there. Well, and, and here. when you look at the schedule before the season, parts look real tough. But in this game, now you have the Lions next week, then a bye, the Colts who stink, the Titans who are, are a mess, and the Packers with no Aaron Rodgers. It's lining up to potentially start like a 9-2, and 10-2 type run. And I am not going to, even at 2-4, and four, I'm not counting Cincinnati out yet. I think this is a bit of a buzzsaw because Pittsburgh is really finding themselves right now. We'll see how they bounce back from this. They're 2-4. and four. They can't keep, uh, they got to string some wins together. But anyway, let's move on uh, to a game over in the NFC. Now would be a good time for the quarterback sneak. And remember, Breeze used to take the snap and do that quick jump over the top where he puts the ball out. Third and goal from inside the one for the Saints. Breeze will keep it himself. Does extend the ball. Does break the plane. Does score the touchdown. You, my friend, are red hot today. (laughs) Weird. Jim Henderson and Deuce McAllister. Way to go, Deuce. uh, Who, yeah, very weird. WWL, the Saints Radio Network. Yes, Drew Breeze ran for a touchdown, threw for uh, one more, and the Saints continued their surge with a 26-17 win over the Green Bay Packers, minus Aaron Rodgers, of course, at Lambeau Field. Uh, we now welcome Chris Wessling on the phone. Wes, are you there, baby? I'm here. I'm ready. There he is, Chris <laughs> Wessling at Paramore Manor. Uh, he uh, covered this game for NFL media. Wes, uh, here's my question. Uh, how are you, Wes, by the for way? For NFL media. Yes. <laughs> That's what we are. Uh, okay. I feel a little bit like Andy Dalton on fourth and three after a long afternoon. Oh no! <laughs> All right, just gotta throw the throw this away. <laughs> yeah, just chuck it into the stand. I got you. That says a lot. All right, Wes. There was a lot of hope that the Packers could survive with Brett Hundley behind center. What did you take away from his first start? Um, I think my main takeaway was as optimistic as the Packers seemed to be, and as Mike McCarthy seemed to be after a few years in that offense. Um, that it had to be a major disappointment with the way he played today. 
He was set up with a really good running game, their strongest ground attack of the year. Mm. And he held the ball too long and missed throws. And I thought it was a really poor performance. Yeah, when's the last time that a, a, you came out of a Packers game with no receiver logging more than 17 yards? That has to be a bizarre Never. aberration for the Packers. It was an all-day-long affair. You wondered at a halftime, uh, can he get the ball to Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Martellus Bennett? Uh, there was like a swing pass on a jet sweep to Randall Cobb, but nothing downfield. It, it was something that you thought might get fixed in the second half. Mike McCarthy was telling Pam Oliver at halftime, hey, we're going to run the ball and do play action. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like his, some, you know, a, a simple way to get Brad Hundley going. And he just couldn't get Hundley going. And if you look at, I mean, they have playmakers. We know that. I know Martellus Bennett has not had a good season, but he finished two for 17. Randall Cobb, two for 15. Uh, Jordy Nelson, one for 13. Devontae Adams, two for 12. And like you said, Wes, on a day when Aaron Aaron Jones went 17 for 131 in a touch, how much credit should we give the Saints, who have obviously looked so much better on defense in the last four weeks? Yeah, that's hard for me to say because I thought Hundley looked that bad. Um, and a lot of it is just holding the ball. He, he he would wait for receivers to actually get covered and then throw the ball. So it was, to me, it's hard to tell. I know the Saints have made a lot of defensive improvement. I was more impressed with their offense today than their than their defense. Yeah, 485 yards of offense. Obviously, the defense is improved. You know, Lattimore is making plays. Cam Jordan's obviously making plays. But you put up, they put up four. I know it wasn't a huge point total but ultimately you're down a touchdown at halftime on the road and you end up putting up almost 500 yards on the Packers Wes I know you're a tough guy to get you know push you off your spot are you starting to believe in this Saints team yeah I I really like what their offense is doing right now they are exceptionally well balanced And, and those 485 yards came on a day when Drew Brees threw interceptions twice in the first quarter in scoring territory The Packers just had no answer for that balanced attack in the second half. They didn't know whether Sean Payton was calling run plays or pass plays, and they've got a really good tandem now with with Alvin Kamara and and Mark Ingram at running back, and Ted Ginn is playing really well at wide receiver. Yeah, it feels like week after week Ted Ginn is making plays in this offense. I think you have to credit Sean Payton for getting the ball in his hands and letting him use those punt returner skills in the open field. It's Sean- he is making guys miss. Mm. It's a little Sean Payton revenge, you know, him and Mike McCarthy. Greg's up, loving this. Up for the job in Green Bay. The Packers chose to go with McCarthy, and, you know, it took about a decade, but finally he gets Well, back. it's worked out for both teams. Yeah. I don't know if it's a revenge <laughs> angle so much. And Teflon Dom Capers, you know, if they're going to have any chance, their defense is going to have to play better than this at home. This is a foreboding afternoon for yeah. the Packers in their first full uh, week, first full Sunday without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Wes, uh, you come in. You hit a home run, you walk off, you do a bat flip, and then you go back uh, to do whatever you're yeah. doing, which I assume is sexy. Every Sunday. Uh, it's, it's not very sexy, just watching the game, trying to fall asleep. Okay, well, <laughs> see, it's, sometimes it's better to leave some mystery. I find that somewhat sexy. <laughs> yeah, that so, was, that was yeah. hardly an uh, Andy Dalton performance. I'm, I'm feeling more like Juju Smith-Schuster type of day from you, Wes. A little Juju. A little, little hide-and-seek celebration. There you go, hide-and-seek. All right, Chris Wessling, we love you, buddy. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. All right, let's move on. Steven Hauschka, the man of the hour. House money. It's a 30-yarder. 
The game on the line with 18 seconds House left. Money. Snap is good. The ball is down. Houskis kick is up. And it is good. It is good. 14 seconds left on the clock. House money. They're playing with house money again today. You don't today. need to do that three times. Three times. Wait, wait. When you hit on something good, I mean, you no. ride it. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I'll give you a credit for it. Johnny Murphy of WJR. <laughs> Steven Hauschka. Yeah, house money. His 30-yarder with 14 seconds to play. Uh, which was set up by rookie cornerback Tredavious White uh, forcing a fumble and recovering it. Uh, that led to the Bills outlasting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-27 to 27, uh, in Orchard Park. Greg, if the Bills are going to finally end their infernal playoff drought, they have to win these types of games. And it was another st- positive step forward on that front. They have stolen games. And I, I think someone needs to go check on Bucks defensive coordinator Mike Smith's blood pressure. Mikey, tonight. okay, Mikey. Because I'm wor- I'm worried about him. He is, <gasps> he is going to go he must have lost his mind after this game because the Bucks offense which played well overall gives his defense a touchdown lead with just over 3 minutes left in the game. <gasps> and the Bills go 75 yards in three plays to rip him apart. And this is on a day where they kept picking up big plays on third and longs from Tyrod Taylor. Then Adam Humphreys fumbles the ball right back. And you know what the Bucks defense does? They allow a first down to Taiwan Jones running the ball so that they can run out the clock Ooh. and kick that field goal. I mean, the defense absolutely caved in there when they mm. were given a chance to win a game on the road. Terrible. It's the second week in a row, 173 yards rushing for Buffalo after they made the Cardinals look like the 215 right. 15 Cardinals last year with Adrian Peterson two weeks ago. So the One week ago. I had, I had about Tell us six, about that wait, team. I, had, I just talked about the 215 Cardinals, <laughs> cited the game as happening multiple weeks ago when it was last week and couldn't have gotten more dates incorrect there. Uh, no, just stand by the story and hope people don't notice and then make people think you have thousands of years of NFL institutional knowledge. Well, I'm sure they can tell that's not the case. I mean, on one hand, this was a bad game for Sean McDermott and Tyrod Taylor, who were they booed off at halftime? Made an incredibly boneheaded uh, mess of the end of the first half, where they just left points on the field, and there were some uh, mistakes in in the fourth quarter too that I think you can point to. But on the other hand, their top two receivers today are Deontay Thompson, who was cut by the Chicago Bears ten days ago, and he ripped uh, the Bucks secondary for two huge plays in this game, and Nick O'Leary, their tight end. So it's kind of amazing that they're putting up over four hundred yards of offense and thirty points with these guys as their top receivers. You just gotta kind of give it up for him. It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly the shine is off this Tampa team. I mean, they were the summertime darlings based on hard knocks and you look at their roster moves and thought this will be an unstoppable type team with just enough on defense and you're two and four. You play the Panthers and say, I understand everything changes every two weeks. Yeah, but I'm just talking about this game in general. They played pretty well, it seems, for most of this game, but beyond that, this is not an easy game. This is not a game that you go in there and say, oh, Tampa Bay should win this game. Well, I appreciate calling Buffalo a tough place to play because they housed the Broncos and they took care of business today. And, you know, they they can play defense, they can score points when they get hot. This is, you know, losing 30-27 in Buffalo, to me, I agree with your overall point. Well, coming off, last last week was an embarrassment. Right. And I don't see a lot to like about this team right now, so they have a lot to go back and work. The offense gave you something to like in this game. Now, they turned it over three times. They they could have had a 40-burger, and that's kind of been the problem of this team. They're not maximizing their opportunities. This was a day where the Bills' defense didn't really look very good, but give the credit in the bye week 
to the the Bills coaching staff who brought back a lot of their old running scheme from a year ago in a totally different scheme. Richie mm. Incognito told local reporters about this after the game, and, and it relies a little more on Tyrod Taylor having some options in the running game. They brought that back, and they were running the ball well again. Uh, let's keep moving. Another win for the Bills. Maybe it ends. Maybe this is the year. Let's keep going. Second down and eight now from the 42. They give it to Yeldon. TJ's got some room into the open field. TJ to the 40, the 35, the 30, inside the 20, the 10, the 5, dives for the pylon. Touchdown. TJ Yeldon has gone the distance here at Lucas Oil Stadium. Frank Frangi, WJN. Frang. <laughs> TJ Yeldon. Rips Does he off. have any idea that this has occurred? And well, that is this is an audio event. He's the fr- 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 frangulator. He'll find out. TJ Yeldon ripped off a 58-yard touchdown run. Blake Bortles threw for 330 yards. Yeah, and the Jaguars piled up 10 sacks of Jake Brisket in a 27 to nothing win in Indianapolis. Mark Sessler. We've seen it several times now when Jacksonville, nay Saxonville can follow their preferred game script, they are very difficult to beat. Good use of name. It's a it's a name that they've adopted as their Twitter handle and it's official I, now. Well it's in it and it annoyed me to no end when they came up with it because it just seemed to be filled with hubris before you'd achieved anything. But this <laughs> is a playoff level defense and if it's if it's last week, if it's this week, every other week they hammer a team, then they lose next week. The, 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 what happened in this game was that you didn't have Leonard Fournette, and you'd think, oh well, this is the game where Blake Bortles he has to put it on his back, and he's going to crumble because that's the DNA for Blake Bortles essentially every week. And he played a very clean game, and he's done that twice now this season. And this was one where he had to make. Big throws. He had three three completions of forty seven plus yards. They still ran Abba, the ball Abba. well. And Jacoby Brissett and the Colts were utterly stymied on offense. And that's saying something because I do think the Brissett and the Colts, especially in his connection with T.Y. Hilton, they've shown us stuff. It's not been every quarter, but they've done enough where Brissett had a lot of buzz around him, and they shut that thing down. You bring up T.Y. Hilton, and I want you guys to hear, this is when frustration starts to creep into a room, and it can happen when you get shut out at home. T.Y. Hilton, after the game, we were winning our matchups. The O-line just has to play better. Uh, we've got to take some pride up front and block for him, referring to Br- uh, Jake Brisket. What if we put them back there and take those hits? We've got to start up front. Well, you already have a team with Andrew Luck that the abuse he took year after year has led to some of these long-term injuries that's completely derailed this franchise's arc. And you've got a young player in Jacoby Brissett who took 10 sacks today and multiple other hits. How long does that last? Here, here's the thing, though. The offensive line and the pass protection has been wildly low on their list of problems this year. I would say they've been an above-average pass-protecting group. I, you know, I'm going to have to... Obviously, they didn't have a great game today. He creates today. that, though, too, I'll, with his... Right. He, they did, obviously, play. didn't have a great game today. I'm saying the receiver group in T.Y. Hilton has had a lot of drops, has had a lot of mistakes... Uh, the, the defense has obviously been a problem throughout the year. I wouldn't have pointed to the pass protection overall this year as a huge issue. And Hilton's now taken some heat, which isn't a surprise. Like my my favorite thing about these Colts losses are these Greg Doyle 
columns that he's writing in the Indianapolis Stars where he just flames this team. And he, he's been banging on Hilton for a few weeks now as a me-first guy and, and comes out here. Uh, they had allowed 18 sacks in the first six games of the season. So um, I don't know how it breaks down, but that's not great. And above average now 28. In, ter- in terms of pro football focus, and I think if you watch it, Brissett has taken a lot of those sacks. Yep. But – you got to give credit to the Jags. And last week, they gave they made Blake Bortles throw the ball in some obvious running situations for the first time because teams are just loading the box, daring them. And after this game, Bortles said, I hope they keep daring us. That's basically what defenses are doing. They're saying, beat us, Blake Bortles. And the Jaguars tried it last week. They gave him a chance to throw the ball. It didn't work. This this week, it, it worked. In these flip-flopped win-loss scenarios, which they've done all year, in, in the win column, the every-other-week-win, they have outscored teams that they've destroyed 130-23. to 23. Mm, wow. So and take the next week off and come back the, the week Colts, after that. The, now we're going to get – we'll get into it in future shows, but now the Colts season, they're behind three teams that are at 500. Or I smell a hot division. butt. It, it just feels like – Yeah, I agree with you. This is a lost season, and, and they'll have to wonder if they'll bring back Andrew Luck or not. And here's my last take. The frandulator. Frangie. <laughs> By the way – What? You want a last take? That was yeah. my lock. Here we go. He locked it up. Mark, you're moving up in the standings. We, I am. I'm only one game behind Greg in the lifetime standings, which would absolutely, if I were to tie Greg and then overtake Greg, Greg's living nightmare starts to come into full bloom. Greg continues to try to wish away this entire competition that's bloomed between the mm. three of us this season. It's not going anywhere, Greg, so you just got to start getting them right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I was on the record when Lock It Up first started way back in the day, how uh, worthless I thought it was. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. You think about it all night long tonight. Greg does. This means the mo- The reason why Greg gets angry. Yeah. Because of his history and his you know issues that he's overcome. Sure. I mean, like mostly. Which are, with that, you know, that's valiant that he overcame wouldn't this be, for the most this part. This would be great because there's nothing at stake whatsoever. But is that true, though? Is no, I think there's an immense amount at stake. Anyway, we'll dig into the standings on Tuesday's show, but Greg has some ground to make up. Not going to hide it, but we shouldn't. I'm not hiding it. Want to save big? Over 300 million smart and thrifty shoppers have discovered Wish, the mobile mall app that connects you to thousands of merchants. Wish makes it easy to shop fashion, shoes, electronics, kitchen gadgets, and more directly from the makers themselves. Marron. That way, you pay 60 to 90% less than you'd pay in a store. No markups, no overpay, no way, man. They even have an outlet section complete with products from amazing brands like U.S. Polo, Mark Sessler's favorite champion, Wrangler, which Greg uses their jeans, and Hanes, which are good for underpants. And if you can wait a few weeks for delivery, you'll get lower shipping prices than almost anywhere else. And now, for our listeners, Wish is offering all new users a free gift with purchase. But dedicated Wish lovers, don't worry about being left out. All listeners can get 20% off your purchase by using my code AROUNDNFL. Just download and open your Wish app, find things that you didn't even know you needed, and enter my code, or our code, AROUNDNFL for 20% off your purchase. Everybody wants a close shave. Everybody needs a close shave. But you gotta have the right blades to do it. And that's why Harry's, it's all about Harry's. Harry's is all about a great shave at a great fair price. Which is why over three million guys have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with bullying overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience to ensure that they had the highest quality 
All products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Harry's offers their blades at half the price of the leading five-blade razor, selling directly to you over the internet. Claim your free trial offer from Harry's today, $13 value for free. When you sign up, just cover shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. Wow, what value! To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash around right now. That's harrys.com slash around. And Harry's is so confident, so confident, you're going to love their blades. They'll give you their trial shave set for free. When you sign up at harrys.com slash around. Again, just got to pay for shipping. Harry's. Moving on. Todd Curley, the single back. He gets the handoff. He dodges the tackler and works left at the 20. He's got a stiff arm. 15 turns the corner. Todd Gurley going for the pylon. And he slips in. Touchdown, L.A. Oh, yeah. Todd Gurley went over 100 yards with that touchdown. Jared, Ga- Jared Goff ran for a touchdown and threw for another. And Greg, the leg Zerline, four field goals. It all added up to a Rams 33 to nothing. Another shutout. This time, the Arizona Cardinals, the victim. This at the Twick in England. And everybody's going to say, the dunk call it the Twick, Twickers. Mate. A lot of people coming at you with Twicking the name. Hi, stuff. chap. It's not. It's the Twick. What's it called? Twickers. It's Twickers. Twickers. I don't know. Twickers sounds good to me. It was a I'm great place the, to see a game last year. Just the Twickers. Not this time it wasn't. Anyway, 33 zip. Greg, the Cardinals seem to have legit momentum after last week's big performance against Tampa Bay, but that's all gone. Also gone, Carson Palmer, uh, who broke his arm, his non-throwing arm, could be done for the season. Maron. Yeah, and well, let's talk about the team of Around the NFL podcast in a minute. Let's give them their props because this was a different Rams team than showed up to Twickenham last year. But ultimately, the takeaway for me that I'll remember from this game is it's kind of the end of the Carson Palmer run in in Arizona. I don't think this team's going to be in contention at all when he comes back. If he comes back, Bruce Arians' future is up in the air. Larry I know Fitzgerald. How to coach old guys. A lot of old guys, Larry Fitzgerald's, and it, that's it, the problem. It looked like it was going to be fun <laughs> to have Adrian Peterson them together, and I just kind of look at it as a team that's like okay. Let's cross out that team. And it's been a really fun run. It got me thinking. This is kind of uh, a team of around the NFL's past versus the team of around the NFL present. And one's kind of going into that sweet night. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, Cardinals going into that sweet na- night. The Rams, on the other hand, another, uh, you know, we son of bum is having another nice little season. They, I know He's they're coming back. Couple, That's all he does. There are a couple stinkers mixed in, but the Rams Early. at the end of the day are five and two, and I count at least three dominant performances. And now the first seven games of the season, uh, week one, uh, the book ended week one, and now week seven. And I, uh, last week they they did a nice job as well. Uh, so the Rams are getting it done on D. They weren't even particularly that sharp, Greg. Right, uh, in, offensively, but when the D was carrying the day, they didn't have to be. Goff did not have a really sharp day, but the offensive line was awesome. I I mean, he had all day to throw, to pick his poison on the third and four. It almost seemed too easy. Gurley ran so hard. They opened up holes for him. So overall, they were great. And then on defense, Ogletree has made a huge impact. They decided to give him a huge contract extension, which I thought was telling in Wade Phillips' new system. And there's no better D-tackle combo right now than Aaron Donald and Brocker. So they've got a lot of things working for this team. And they're sticking it in your eye, Dan, for 
daring to bring out the team of AT Hell a few weeks ago. Uh, sticking it in my eye. Hey, Linz, let it rip. <laughs> I locked it up. There you go. For the second Good time. Job. And our great friend at ATN Lockup on Twitter notes, I am now 2-0 and when locking up games at the Twickers. And that <laughs> you and I combined our two locks. Yes. The teams that won beat the opponent 60 to nothing combined. Baby. A double shutout, baby. Greg's feeling You're the heat. You're making money. You're Hot making- under the collar. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the Rams are a fun team to watch so far. Feeling good about the team of ATL. And they're going into a bye, and then they have the Giants after the bye. So if I'm a Rams fan who haven't had many fun weeks, it's like I'm liking the bye coming up right now. Let's just enjoy that 5-2 and two record where we're the toast mm, of the NFL. Soak it in, and then baby. Face, face kind of a bum Giants team, maybe get to 6-2 and two or in the middle of November. This team's going to be relevant. One quick Cardinals note. I don't understand why Drew Stanton is the guy to come in after, after yeah, Carson Palmer. So bad I, today, Blaine though. Gabbert looked better than him in the preseason. I understand that Arians is so loyal to the quarterbacks that he picks, but Gabbert needs to be the guy they put in here. He, he said after the game, though, that Stanton's our way. quarterback the rest of the year. You don't go two to three in terms of their quarterback. And Stanton Tell really that to struggled Hugh Jackson. today. And Adrian Peterson, by the way, had no room to run. 11 carries, 21 yards. That, that So last week was, was a game well, that just eclipsed. It occurred in like a little his, tiny well, bubble that will never occur. It just it simply was mythology. But that shouldn't be so shocking either. That you know, it wasn't his fault. They had been bad all season, had one good week. We shouldn't get too yeah. excited. They kind of came back down to earth. Let us now move on. Greg just called them the bum giants. Let's check in on them. <laughs> and here's McKissick. Throws it back to Wilson. Trying to set up deep for Richardson. Collins is back. Richardson. Who's got it? A fight for it in the end zone. And there's no signal. And now it's a touchdown. Richardson comes away with it. Amazing. Nice call there by Andrew Catalan of CBS. Very clean. Uh, Russell Wilson threw three second half touchdown passes, including that heavily contested strike to Paul Richardson. And the Seattle Seahawks pulled away from the injury, injury ravaged New York Giants, a 24 to 7 win at the Meadowlands. Um, this was a 10 7 game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and now we welcome in Nick Shook, as yoked as ever. Do you know how many Instagram requests I've gotten in the last week because of you? <laughs> really? Are you you're, you're still in a relationship, correct? Yes. So maybe it doesn't help you so much, but... No. And your girlfriend's lovely. She was on her championship softball team. Um, so I don't wish anything bad with your relationship, but it's good to have... <laughs> still nice to poppin'. be admired and liked for your physical body, not something that the, the other three people in the room would know about uh, too in-depth. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Outside of Greg. Oh, Anyway, um, maybe Greg is a type for some people. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm sure there is. There must be a type of. of There's a type for there. every yes. type of bod. And I mean, he's married, so for that person, it was a particular type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's your wife's type. type. Oh yeah. You check that box. Yeah, I'm sure you had a conversation with your wife at some point. It's like, oh, I like little guys. Did your <laughs> wife ever say anything like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, do you know what? Well, I won't get into. Yeah, it. I mean, I was going to ask. We've probably gone already a minute yeah, too deep into too this far. topic. Okay. Too far. I have actually a follow-up question, but it's, I'll save it for after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Anyway, shook. Seattle started this game in a stupor, uh, but they eventually snapped out of it. It's not that hard to do against the Giants. Stupor is a good word to describe this. The Seahawks dominated time of possession in the first half. 
and they shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. There were multiple drop passes by Jimmy Graham, one in the end zone on fourth and one. You throw to your tower of a pass catcher in the end zone, he drops the ball. And he dropped another one with room to uh, work later in the half, and uh, it was it just wasn't a good half for him. It wasn't a good half for them. Penalties killed them. Thomas Rawls dropped a screen pass on third down. Uh, they couldn't get anything going, and yet they were only down four points because the Giants' offense is worse. And uh, right. and then they figured things out in the second half and kind of romped from there, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, the total yards at one point was 224 to 42, and the Giants were winning the game at that point, and yeah. they had 42 yards. I mean, when you look at the stats of this game, 425 yards of offense for the Seahawks to 177, that looks like a, a massive blowout. And the second half played like that. It was a matter of how long until the Seahawks wake up and figure this thing out because mm. their first half was awful. But the second half was so much better. Russell Wilson was good again. Um, you know, that, that Giants pass rush has been getting to a lot of quarterbacks, but thankfully Russell Wilson has the mobility to get away from it, and it showed a lot in the second half um, as he led them back. And, man, the Giants, when it comes to their offense and their offensive line, they can't protect Eli. They can't find any, you know, create any lanes for the running backs to run in. They don't really have great running backs to begin with. I'm not a guy, Paul Perkins or Orleans Darkwood guy. So Orleans Darkwood didn't, <laughs> was unable to follow up last week's surprise showing in Denver. Yeah. They, uh, oh. You feel a little better about the Seahawks' defense? Like, I've been waiting for their defense more than anything to kind of look like a shutdown defense. Yes, they're playing the Giants, but it, it's the Giants team that won a game last week. It, it, no, he's giving me a luck. I'm going to give you a lukewarm answer. I'm not. I'm not going to you know sit up here and be like, yeah, Seahawks defense is back. It's the front <laughs> seven and the Legion of Boom. No. Bobby Wagner's having a year. Yeah, and he had a good game. But overall, it wasn't something where they, they didn't jump off the screen as right. much as the Giants are just like, man, come on. All right, let's move on. Forty-seven yards, right hash. Ryan Sucka, snap, set, kick on the way. <laughs> yes. We've yes! heard that before. Yes. <laughs> that tone in his voice. That was <laughs> that was our call of the year last year. The release. Yeah, same yeah. guy. Thank yeah. God. That is yeah, Mike Keith of WGFX Titans Radio Network. Let's clip that one off, Lindsay, because that is going into the top ten. Imagine Keith goes back to back. That would be more impressive than the uh, Shield softball team going. I mean, back when you back. have the pipes to do what he just did. Yeah! I mean, you're a back-to-back type guy. I think he was call of the year with that exact same call. I don't know. That's going back to the well too many times. I don't know, man. (laughs) It makes you feel something. I was so hoping this would be clipped separately. (laughs) Um, All right. That's Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Ryan Suckup's fourth field goal of the game. This one is a 47-yarder uh, with less than two minutes to go in overtime. Averted disaster for the Titans, who escaped Cleveland with an ugly 12-9 win over the Browns, uh, who also lost Joe Thomas to a potentially serious triceps injury uh, that ended his amazing con- consecutive snap streak. Also, Deshaun Kaiser got benched again, um, reportedly partied super hard on Friday night. Oh, and the Browns are 0-7. Good time, Shuck! Another year in Cleveland, right? I mean... Oh, <sighs> oh wow. <laughs> Is this the music that's clipped for me in this segment now? No, talk about the Browns. This uh, is another bad day. Yeah, uh, terrible day. Uh, another... Sad day for Deshaun Kaiser in the pocket. Uh, statistically, he matched up well with Cody Kessler, who replaced him, but they were <laughs> two very different games. I like that you're doing your like Jack Handy voice. Now. Yeah, yeah. To, I mean, despondent. Now, depressed. Let's start with Joe Thomas, actually, because Mark, you, he has been the one shining 
beacon for this franchise for, what, 11 years. And this looks like we're, we're hearing reports that he might have a torn triceps. Which, Ian, Ian Rapport says they fear yeah. a torn triceps, yeah. MRI Monday. Which would almost certainly end his season. Uh, it's just another crushing setback for this franchise. I At this point, it just feels so surreal and beyond imagination because it was probably, I thought, peak Brown's uh, nightmare world about two or three, four years ago even, maybe five, and it's just or climbed into darker <laughs> and darker territories. And I look at a team right now, and I listen, if you want to take one positive, the defense l- played very well today, but I look at what's happening off the field with some of their players and what's happening on, and I want, I want how long do the players continue to play hard for Hugh Jackson, and how long do they continue to believe in this coach? Because... I, I feel for any coach that's had these results. You have to go back to like the 76-77 expansion bucks Ooh. to get a team that performed this poorly over two seasons. Well, they they to that point, they are 2 and 32 over their that's two straight uh 1 and 15 seasons then a couple more losses and people are like, "Oh, that's the Browns." Well, no. They they are now in the worst stretch any team has ever been in with the same coaching staff since World War II, since a World War II Cardinals team. The only team that's close is the Lions, you know, after they went 0-16, but that's with different coaching staffs. They have never been this low, as bad as they are right now. And why are we focusing on the Browns? Uh, Number one, we have two sad Browns fans here. But number two... Because the Titans, frankly, don't deserve to get a wild amount of credit for once again stinking out the joint, needing to uh, use five periods to beat the Browns. And and Shook, you you could tell everybody, like, this offense isn't working. It doesn't work. No, it definitely doesn't work. I mean, I have to give a little bit of credit to the Browns' defense because they did a really good job against the run. They played a good game. But the Titans also (laughs) doesn't really fit with the sad music. No, it doesn't. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me take it back down. The Browns' defense. No, I mean, they, they played well. They, they did play well. Greg Williams D has not overall been the biggest problem. It's the only no. shining light in that organization right now. And, you know, you, you just took us back to an era when teams were combining for lack of players. The, the Steelers and the Eagles became the Steagles at one right. point back then. That's how bad they are. And it's really all centered on the offense. And now they're losing Joe Thomas, who gave up one, had given up one QB. Well, and his loss season. immediately, oh, immediately showed. Play. I mean, the really? next play. Spencer Drango just wasn't good. Last thing, Titans are going to their bye. Marcus Mariota was clearly not right moving. They, You called them a mess earlier. I, I get that. They're 4-3. and three. They're going into their bye. It sort of doesn't matter that they've been a mess because I think they have the pieces to play better. They're, they're winning ugly, and they're finding a way. So if I don't you think get they the could... mobile Mariota, the offense is completely different. They're I mean, just not the same when he can't, when he can't move. No. It matters that they haven't looked good for 90% of the season. They are very... <laughs> They're very fortunate that they're four. Right, but I don't think foot. I don't think any of the results mattered that much before Thanksgiving. If you can just be in position, it's what your team is playing like at the end, and it wouldn't shock me if they do play better. And right now, they're knotted up with the Jaguars at the top of the division. That's all that matters. All right, let's move on. The Cowboys take over and uh, a fake to Switzer and a screen right to Elliott. First down across the 30. Sideline to the 40. To the 30. Foot race 20. 15. And makes a cut. 10. Touchdown. Screen pass of 72 yards. That was Brad Sham of KRLD, the Cowboys Radio Network. Ezekiel Elliott went off on Sunday. Uh, finishing with 219 yards from scrimmage, including that 72-yard catch and run, as the Cardinals cruised to a 40-10 to win 
over the overmatched San Francisco 49ers who thought life was hard when they were losing by two points every week. Well, how about you get banged by 30 points? Feel any better? Not, I'm not even personal against them, but it's like... <laughs> Everything. Doesn't sound why, like it. The, why would that feel better? Yeah, the universe. Well, because like, oh, we're fighting and, you know, we're hanging. We're so close to a win. Well, now you're not close to a win. Does it feel better? I don't know. Probably not. Mark, the Cowboys did exactly what they were supposed to do here. This was the Ezekiel Elliott game that basically just brought up and conjured images of what he did from wire to wire last season. And that 72-yard catch and run touchdown I think is maybe the most beautiful touchdown of the entire season. It shows his incredibly rare and unique athleticism and how much they will miss him no matter what they have at running back behind him. They control if, this if game. If he from, gets suspended. If he gets suspended. Maybe they win this out. Who knows? We'll see. But it, it's it, this. you're exactly right, Dan, in the sense this is the game where the floor utterly fell out for San Francisco. You cannot continue to go into these games with the – Talent poor roster they have on offense, and 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 Hoyer is well. It's not there's no there's no illusions about what Brian Hoyer is. But suddenly you have C.J. Beathard in there who C.J. Beathard who was absolutely taken to town by by the Dallas defense today. Two strip sacks that were lost, and the game was just simply over within the first ten minutes of play. This is the last thing I expected from this matchup, which might sound crazy considering mm. where they stand record-wise. But the Niners had shown so much fight in their last five games, and their defense was trending upward. And then a complete disaster today. I, I don't know about this defense. Like We expected them to be better than they really are. They have a couple players that you like. But when you watch them week to week, there's a lot of busts. There's a lot of, I don't know if it's coaching or, or what it is, a lot of mistakes and a, and a really bad secondary. And a Cowboys offense that right now you have to put as among the best in the league. I know they had a slow start, but they have drilled three straight teams on offense. They are about as consistent in offense as there is in the NFL yeah, right you've now. been saying that Prescott's been playing great and people have wanted to look for a fault on that offense. Prescott had another very clean game. I think with, your, with San Francisco, you cannot ask them that defense to be out on the field drive after drive when the offense is doing nothing but turning the ball over. And despite all that, Dallas looking as good as they did. We talked about it on Thursday. Go kick some ass up in San Francisco. They listened to you. And they did. And and you expected that and they delivered that. But this Elliott thing is going to continue to just hang over this team because now he looks uh, as good as he did at the height of his rookie year. And and it was after a bit of a slow start and maybe he wasn't in the best shape coming into camp. Now he looks like Zeke Elliott and yet you're still wondering what happens. And like we talked about on Thursday, if there is no uh, deal that gets worked out and they lose – it could cost you your season. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that plays out. One very one quick injury update. In that game, Dan Bailey, the kicker, an incredibly consistent kicker for the Cowboys, who's a big part of what they do, uh, injured. I think it was a groin injury out, and we don't know if he's going to come back. They had safety Jeff Heath kicking off and kicking PATs. He went two for three kicking PATs. But that can't last. you got to find a kicker. How about that Bailey's safety out. that can kick the ball into the end zone? Well, that's I mean, these guys are like the star athletes of their that's town. A six, a, that's a 65 yards. I know it's off a oh. tee, but that's pretty impressive. Is that Shook? Uh, Could you do that, Shook? Yeah, before we let Actually, I can, I can hit a 35-yarder. Blindfolded? 35-yarder barefoot. No I was going to say, like, Shook, when you see something like Jeff Heath did today, when you go to get your pump in tonight, do you go in there and you say, okay, let me go out of my comfort zone and thrive. What area are you going to work on your body? Oh, uh, <laughs> I've torn both my labrums, and they're both torn right now, so I'd be doing shoulders. What? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter if it's torn. I got one fixed, and I tore it again. Like, no, could you? Could we send you into like the hidden fortress of North Korea and have you basically mm-hmm. take that country down and neutralize it just on your own? Absolutely not. We are going to be on Fox News tonight. Uh, Mark Sessler mugshot coming up. Uh, all right, Shook. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> well, with someone on our podcast, just throw out a hypothetical that we're going to send okay. someone in to take out the North Korean government. I feel wow. like that's potentially newsworthy coming from the NFL media. Well, it's, we're able to blend multiple Fake messages. news? I don't know. <laughs> Do we know if it's fake news? Figure it out. I don't know. All right, Shook, thank you. Get that pump in, bro. You know, who, who needs, who needs uh, labrums that are intact anyway? We need a, we need a nickname for Shook. How about, how about Tim Riggins as your nickname? <laughs> kind of reminds me. His name is Nick Shook. Well, that's like an amazing name. You just sometimes It's a good point. Nick Shook. I've never called uh, Shook Nick. It's always been Nick Shook. Now he's gone. Nicholas. Nicholas Shook at the Twickers. Let's move on. All right, give me a turnover here, guys. Gal out of the shotgun. Back to throw. Looking downfield. Throws it. And it's picked off. Let off his intercept. And Bobby McCain still on his feet at the 17-yard line. He slips down. How about that? flag is down. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Bob Greasy. You got your wish. A big turnover. <laughs> Jimmy Cephalo also there. WQAM. Bobby McCain's fourth quarter interception of Josh McCown paved the way for the go-ahead field goal for the Dolphins who wiped away another big deficit in a 31-28 win over the Jets at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, McCain made the big play, uh, but the hero for the Dolphins was Matt Moore, uh, who replaced an injured Jay Cutler and threw two touchdown passes in the final 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. And uh, this Dolphins win, of course, comes seven days after they overcame a 17-0 halftime deficit to knock off the Falcons. Hard for days! Also, uh, keep Matt Moore on the field. My goodness. Should have brought him in a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, Jay Cutler suffered what's believed to be a rib injury. We don't know how serious it is. But I really think, personally, regardless of that, Moore gave him a spark. He just seems like a better player at this stage, respective stage of their careers. And Moore showed what he can do, especially against the Jets. He kills the Jets. Well, they play Thursday night, so it's very unlikely Jay Cutler will be back for that game. So Matt Moore could start against the Ravens. Rap sheet reported Cutler could potentially be back a week after that. He has a rib injury, but you're right. If Matt Moore gets a win, you would think you just keep riding. Well, it's crazy, though, real quickly, if they win on that. You could beat the Ravens, potentially. That's not a huge ask. You're 5-2 and two after a season that 14 days ago we were talking about as if it was a trash heap on fire. 5-2. Mm. And, 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 and they should have lost this game. I mean, the, sometimes teams get personalities – and the Jets right now are a team that can't hold a big lead. And the, and the Dolphins are a team that got to just be feeling themselves in these close games. This is now 12 straight one-score victories by the Dolphins. So whether you think that's fluky or not, like they're clutch. They have something where they know, they know how to win these close games. And this game was a perfect encapsulation of both why Josh McCown has been in this league for 15 years and counting and why he's also on his eighth team. Because, again, he finished with four touchdowns in this game. He threw three touchdowns, ran for another. Wow. Over on balance has given the Jets more than they could have ever asked for. And yet, it's still in his DNA to do the things that bad quarterbacks do. And I know Jet fans are fired up. They Basically, this turnover came. The Jets took over at their own 15 uh, with less than a minute to play. And um, first and 10 from the 15. He throws a bad pass into zone coverage across his body that gets picked off, and that ended the game. And it was just, you know, if this if this was a bigger or a, a Jets season where you felt like they were real contenders, that would become like an all-time boner of this decade for the Jets. That throw it was that bad a throw in that spot. Uh, but McCown showed you the good and bad. And I just wondered, three and four for the Jets, if 
another couple games get away, and as we talked about, they got the Falcons next week. This is not an easy schedule uh, for them. I wonder when they start thinking of going to check out the younger guys, despite McCown having a nice season. We'll have to see how that plays out, but very frustrating uh, game again for the Jets, who blew a 14-point lead last week, and now they blew another one this week, and uh, at 3-4 and four now, it's one of those what-might-have-been type situations. For them. I think you stick with McCown. You already, if they're going to get a quarterback, it's in next year's draft. There's nothing more to see from Hackenberg or Petty at this point, and this is a well-coached team that is a long, lot of season to go. They can still wind up with seven or eight wins. You say well-coached, and I think Bowles has had a really nice year, uh, but I do put it on coaching when, for the second straight week, they came out of the locker room, and I'll give credit to Adam Gase and his staff for regrouping for a second straight week and figuring out how to get this game back on track. That's composure, and that's being able to regroup in a hurry. And I don't know if Bowles has had the answers on defense or on offense. Well, here's the counterpoint. This same cast of characters, other a bunch of other NFL staffs, would would be winless or have one or two wins, Tops. The the Dolphins, they are ugly. And, And I know Wes, if he was here, would tell me, stop honking about how this team's not out of it, which I... I've been saying since they're one and two, two and two. It's not that I think they're good. It's just that they can't, like they have some pieces where they can play better. And now they have a four and two record along with that. And so you get Cameron Wake who had two and a half sacks. You get Indomitian Sue who had the hit on McCown on that fateful interception. Cameron Wake is playing outrageous. PFF put a stat up that basically since they've started keeping track of their own stats, Cameron Wake gets the most pressures per snap of any player in the NFL. That's over the last 10 years, and he's still doing it at 35. And I don't know, maybe they can get Ajayi going. Maybe they can figure out how to play a little better on offense. Not a great team, but maybe enough to win 10 games and, and be in the mix. At they the could end. sniff nine or 10 wins. I, I don't think they're a very good team, but in a, in a strange season, as this is shaping up. Can they get back to the playoffs? I think it's certainly possible. Let's move on. Uh, to punt it away is Riley Dixon. And takes it away. It's low, and it's wobbly. Takes a big bounce into the hands of Benjamin at the 45. Now at the 40, to the 45-50, still on his feet. 45-40, nobody in front of him. Travis Benjamin on the numbers, left sideline. Touchdown, Chargers. Oh, yeah. Matt Money Smith with the call. Uh, uh, KLAC, the Chargers radio network. Travis Benjamin uh, returned to first first quarter punt, 65 yards for a score. He later caught a 42-yard touchdown pass uh, in the fourth quarter, and the Chargers became the latest team to say, sit down, be humble. Denver Broncos, a 21 to nothing win at the stub toe. The third shutout of this Sunday. How about that? Uh, Chargers win. Greg, the Broncos uh, were uh, shut out for the first time since November 22nd, 1992. That little nugget from a disheartened John Marvel downstairs. Big time Broncos fan. Uh, The Chargers, meanwhile, have won three straight. And that defense is a big reason why. The matchup that we talked about, you didn't need to be a genius going into it, was Bosa and Ingram going up against these Broncos tackles. And Bosa especially just didn't allow the Broncos offense to operate. Like, they were holding him every play. Sometimes it got called. Sometimes it didn't. Other times he's strip-sacking Trevor Simeon. It was just like they, they couldn't operate. And then on the times that they could, Simeon was not making good throws or good decisions. And the running game was absolutely bankrupt. It, it looks like C.J. Anderson was okay because he went 10 for 44 in the end. That, that was in garbage time. They basically had no running game and no pass protection, and that's a, that's a limited team you got right now. I feel like the offensive line, which after two weeks when they came out of that big win over the Cowboys, it looked like the line had taken a turn and was going to protect Simeon. 
They have 16, 16, 10, and zero points over the last four weeks. And you got a guard playing right tackle, and so that's tough luck. You're up against Joey Bosa, but that's just how it goes. And then for the Chargers, like I don't feel like they've played their best on offense, and yet they've won three games in a row. They're kind of the anti-2016 Chargers right now, whereas I think their their record and their three-game winning streak is misleading because they haven't really played that well, but they're fi- they're finding ways to win. And a little love out to Hunter Henry, who only makes... You love yourself some, Hunter. He is so good. I mean, he is maybe the best pass-catching tight end around in in the league right now, just like the tough grabs he makes. Third and 11, late in this game, Rivers throws it into tight coverage. He makes a catch that just about no other tight end makes, and they end up going for a a game-sealing touchdown. I am concerned about their running game. They don't seem to have any sort of ability to keep it going from from week to week. I mean, they had had like five first downs in the first half. The, The total in this game was ridiculous in terms of the offensive production. In general, the Chargers offense hasn't had anything consistent. Let's check in, by the way, with the uh, Team Trev Express. Oh, no. That seems okay. Oh. Oh, It sounds like a lot of fatalities. Yeah, lives were lost uh, in that accident. Hard to say there's going to be any survivors. Greg, Greg, were you on that? I'm still on it. Were you on that? I'm not giving up. When A.J. Derby, uh, Benny Fowler, and uh, Devontae Booker are your top three receivers, I'm, I'm not getting off. All right, I like that. See, even though Wes isn't here, I like to have somebody that stands by their conviction, <laughs> no matter what, even when mounting evidence says otherwise. I think he's a solid player who obviously is not a top 10 quarterback and is going to be a function of the guys around him, and I think the entire offense Bad situation, has been a, is a mess. Not a yeah. defense. It hasn't been the defense's fault at all. You're, I mean, you're talking about like Joe Montana four weeks ago, that's all. He's fine. Well, he looked like it four weeks He's ago. He's doing great. All right. I'm just being a d- I'm sorry. Let's move on. McCaffrey to his right. Crowd making noise. Back to throw the slit. Busted up in the air by Amukamara. And intercepted by the Bears. Running down the sideline to the right side. Eddie Jackson's got the 40 of the Panthers. And he's going to go again. It is a touchdown. Touchdown Bears. And a second pick six in just about 18 minutes of action here at Soldier Field. Oh, Eddie Jackson, have a day. The rookie safety became the first NFL player to score uh, multiple defensive touchdowns of 75 yards or more in a game. That from the Associated Press. Wow. Uh, Leading the Chicago Bears to a 17-3 win over the Panthers. Whoa, Eddie Jackson, have a day. Uh, This game was a John Fox fever dream for the ages. His quarterback (laughs) threw just seven passes, and the defense did all the dirty work. It ain't the greatest show on turf, boys, but it did the trick, and the Bears are frisky. I feel like John Fox should retire after this game. Like, he's never going to top it. He's like, that. that's it, guys. Like, that's <laughs> football. We had, six, See in Canton. we had six three and outs. We went three and out five straight times. We only scored three points on offense, and we won easy. Like, that's my game. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball seven times all game, and you only ran for 68 yards and you came out with a victory, that's putrid. I have to say, you said it on Thursday's show that they need to let Mitchell Trubisky do <laughs> I guess, more. I guess not. They did not take your advice. <laughs> well, they didn't need to. The, they were putting nine in the box in the second half. Nine. You know how you sometimes hear, oh, let's put eight in the box. They had nine in the box, and they are just running three and outs on the Bears' offense because the Bears were saying, we don't care. You're not going to score on us. I mean, is, that, is their def- was their defense that good? They, they were tremendous in this game, 
And you know, I think Cam Newton, Newton needs like another needless scandal to to juice him because the last two weeks, all of a sudden, we're back to square one with this guy. And back in the early part of the season, I was like, "Oh, is he not healthy?" What? No, I just think he's been flummoxed uh, in back to back weeks by defenses that have had his number. Uh, he could not get anything going. Every time you looked up. Uh, the Panthers were punting the ball. It was over and over. Where are we with not move it. Where are we with Christian McCaffrey at this point? He seems like it is what it is. The numbers bear it out. When you look at the stat sheet, he's not a guy that's been able to run between the tackles, and it's gotten to the point where they're not giving him a lot of opportunities to do that. And but he's a nice receiver and a great safety valve for them. And maybe they could even do more with him as a receiver. But I'm sure they have to be a little bit disappointed. Right, he was targeted as a nine back. nine times. He ends up with seven catches for 36 yards, which is nice in fantasy, but it's not too efficient, but I really put this all, almost all of it on the scheme and the coaches and the offensive line. Cause Jonathan Stewart, I don't think is totally washed up and he's not running for any washed yards. I'm saying he's up. not no washed or washed up. You used this washed. time. I went with washed up. Well, Very versatile. I can, you could use both. Greg I know you can, but maybe you should have some, you know, stick with one. Why is that? Because then you give the, the listener a little confusion. I think Greg likes to surprise the listener. <laughs> Okay, sorry. They can't. They can't run the ball. I mean, they're not. They can't run the ball week after week after week. And this Panthers offense. They also lost Trey Turner in this game to injury. They lost one of the Khalils, if not both, I believe, to injury. Oof. And so this offensive line, it, it's it's killing them. I I don't know if it's all on Newton. It's it's on everyone. I they know. doubled up the Bears in yards. It's not like they they were a total mess. It is very hard to figure out uh, this Panthers team. Uh, they're kind of a microcosm for the NFL season because now I'm back to thinking that they, they'll struggle to beat anybody. But then I wouldn't be surprised in the next three weeks they rip <laughs> off a three-game winning streak and score 30 points every week. It feels like 17-week single seasons because so few of these teams do what you'd expect from week to week. The Bears, if nothing else, are kind of – they are who they are every week. And I don't think that's going to put them in the playoffs – but they, their, their defense is getting tougher. I mean, they had five first downs in the five. game. You don't that often. I believe five could go down as the lowest first down total for any team all season, and they won the game comfortably. It was that's weird. This is this is one game I'm not, I'm not looking forward to watching on Game Pass. It was not a joy. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Mark sometimes likes to pick stinkers on Sunday. We know your your strategy, so that it's not a game that you're going to go back on Game Pass to watch, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because this, by the this time, would have been a good one for you to take. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck having to deal with this probably 45 to 50 minutes on a lost Monday. <laughs> so there you go. Let's move on. Tailback Latavius Murray gets the call. Sprints up the middle, 25-20. 15-10-5. Murray rushed for 113 yards and a touchdown. Oh, and Kai Forbeth. Kai's Kai. Kai's going to be Kai. He kicked six field goals to lift the Vikings to a 24-16 win over the Ravens. Uh, Mark Sessler, the Ravens can't move the ball on offense. It's Justin Tucker or bust. And this always looked like a terrible matchup for them. And you know what? Twas. Yeah, it's one of those games where it played out sort of the way we probably would have seen it last week. And the... You know, to say that every team is a week-to-week proposition, Baltimore's issues on offense have been consistently These two teams a are steady, issue. actually. Yeah, these two teams, you kind of know what you're getting. They really are. And I, I think that the Vikings' defense, you put 
what Joe Flacco had around him, and it's Joe Flacco's fault too, but when they lost Mike Wallace to a concussion early in the game, he's throwing the ball to Michael Campanero and got Griff Whalen back from the dead. Connor Orr's old uh, Madden guy. So it's just, it's it's an offense that for everything that Ozzie Newsome over the years has done perfectly, it, it feels like they cannot get out of the way in terms of developing a roster that can compete right now. Because Flacco can, is not a guy that can do it on his own. Mm. He's not well protected. I mean, they went at him, and it's like Minnesota's pass rush, which will, will play Cleveland and London next week and should roll in that game. They are built to go deep into the NFC playoffs if the offense can hang around, and they did just enough on offense today. I mean, what a game for me and the rest of the uh, Kai Forbath fan club here. Kai's Six Kai. field goals. Call him Kai Sixbath. You know what I'm saying? Make up the T-shirts. <laughs> I was not aware that you were uh, also, while you were driving this Trevor Simeon bus, leading the Kai Forbath a, fan base, but that's, I do that's, like, that's good for you. Great. Huge, Came huge. up with that downstairs in the newsroom. And, I and he's got to use it at some he's point. He's been clinging was, on to it. The whole reason I was just sitting and listening during the segment <laughs> was, how is Greg going to work his old Kai Sixbath into the convo? Yeah, and I you mean, did it. I mean, you told me to tweet it out and said, no, let's save that <laughs> gem for the podcast listeners. Kai Sixbath. Kai's Kai. Kai's going to be Kai. The Vikings have managed this schedule. I mean, it's kind of amazing without Stefan Diggs in this game and of course without Dalvin Cook and you've got you were just used to Case Keenum right now that they're gonna be favored to go six and two next week against the Browns. It's a nice job. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams have injuries, they don't handle it. They're handling it. Did I ever tell my Kai's Kai story? I'll tell it real quick. Please. I won't say what where this happened because I don't want to oh, like yeah, that's right. I don't want to tattle on anyone, but I just want to say that I was talking to someone that I had never met before. This is in the last 18 months or so. And uh, somehow my job came up that I worked at the NFL. And then this individual said, oh, uh, do you know Kai Forbath? And I was like, yeah, he's a kicker. He was out of work at the time. And, and I was like, what team is he on now? And like, oh, right now he's a free agent. And I was like, oh, oh, cool, cool. How do you know him? He's blank, blank, blank. That, that's how I know him. Can't, I don't want to give any details. Okay. And I was like, oh, what's... And then I was just killing time. I was like, what, what's he like? Is he a good guy? He's like... Or he or she was like, mm. Kai's Kai. <laughs> it's never a good sign. Oh, no. By the way, if Kai... Never, never a good sign when, and, when you get the, it, hey, you know, and Mike's Mike. That know? is, yeah, I don't know. It might be a Damashek uh, observation, but almost always when someone... I think it's an Adam Carolla. Carolla reference. Uh, it usually means that person is a, a butt. It's not a positive. No phrase but by the way if Kai Bar- if he has any sort of detective spirit in him he's going to be able to figure out who this was I don't think so I feel like I covered up the tracks pretty well uh, but maybe may- I don't want to you know just think that he can't figure it out because you know Kai's Kai Kai's- might hear about it three or four weeks from now this this uh, are we still talking about I don't that? even know are we talking yeah, about this? Just- this Ravens offense they stink forget it it's they crazy it's, it's a bad division and they're not going to get out of it it's like a it's it's one thing to have young players and have a, in an offense like this. It's another to have this veteran bunch of castoffs from other teams doing mm-hmm. it. Ugh. Um, all right, and that's it uh, for the Sunday flagship show. A couple things I want to the uh, official announcement uh, came down today that um, Justin Timberlake will headline the Pepsi Super Bowl Fifty Two halftime show in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Uh, Timberlake, of course, uh, previously headlined two other Super Bowls and uh, the uh, press release announcing uh, this announcement um, adds that uh, Timberlake has also appeared in Alpha Dog, Black Snake Moon, and Shrek the Third. So 
Uh, a big career for Justin Timberlake and a big announcement. He's doing the Super Bowl. This is not a Justin Timberlake song, but it kind of sounds like a Justin Timberlake Yeah, I mean, it's, it's as far as we can go rights-wise, we've gotten pretty close. Yeah. Uh, any, anybody excited about this? My wife? You know, she she was definitely out on possibly going to a Minnesota Super Bowl, but when she heard JT's involved, she's thinking bring her back in. She might she might come, which seems strange for a 15 minute halftime show. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, well, it's it's a real chore to go to the Super Bowl, so that's that's <laughs> admirable on her part to be to be willing to do so. Uh, I've always wanted to see the um, star of Alpha Dog in person. Yeah. So <laughs> you I can. am excited. What's your favorite Timberlake song? Mark. Um, I like the one the, the the summertime song that we talked about a couple years ago because my son Colton absolutely loves it. Yeah, can't stop the feeling. He that loves that summer. song, so I I'm fine with that. That was a song of the summer. Uh, we had that conversation. I remember Wes got fired up about that because he hated that song. Yeah, it's not a good song. But and whether it's good or not, at least that's a somewhat recent. Greg killing Colton's uh, musical taste. No, my kids loved it's it a, too. It's but a, I'm not a kids I'm, have bad. I'm not a child. Six year old. I'm not a child. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Uh, Timberlake's doing the halftime show. One last note before we go. Behind the glass, just checking in, uh, is the great uh, Lacid. Whoa. Hello. Who, uh, of course, uh, was a Mount Rushmore producer for us, has now moved on uh, to BYU. She returned to the homeland in Utah. uh, And, of course, uh, uh, as Sid is wont to do, in a a charming way, delivered a... uh, Beautiful sign that we are now hanging here in the studio uh, around the NFL, uh, a room filled with heroes. We'll tweet out a picture. But, Sydney, uh, good to see you again. We're so happy to see you. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Just thought I'd stop by. Yeah. Really, I heard the news about the news drop, and I got on the first plane. That was wow. <laughs> we threw come. up the Sid signal. Yeah, and she talked to some shadowy league figures about this. And she just waltzed into the newsroom as we were, you know, you know, sitting there. And and just surprised us. And it was like stunning. It was a stunning surprise and a great surprise. And she tried to sell it as like, yeah, I'm back, you know, back in Southern California. Couldn't wait to see you guys. But we we know the real story, which is that she was starting to have the shakes because she hadn't been (laughs) seen her her friend Mickey Mouse and down in Disney for (laughs) too long. I've been looking for you. You'll be sorry if you don't come at least once every six weeks. I'm really glad I came back for that. <laughs> Just really sad. I see Feeling you. At home, guys. At home. You took an Uber from Disneyland <laughs> up here today. <laughs> so great to see and hear from the great La Cid, a one-woman Mount Rushmore. And now the ceremonial uh, transfer of the headset to Lindsay Fulton, who is, of course, doing uh, amazing work as well. Uh, is is our new producer. Uh, why don't we get out of here uh, for the day? Nice show, guys. Nice show. This is Dan Hanses signing off for Quiet Storm, uh, Nick Shook, uh, Chris Wessling, the old boss, Lindsay Fulton, and Lassie behind the glass till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.